Hi, welcome to the Money Morning Podcast. There have been some big moves in the Bitcoin price and crypto more generally. Today I speak to our in-house crypto expert, Ryan Dintz, about what's been happening. And if you have any questions about what's been happening, it's a great listen. Check it out. It's been a wild week in crypto over the last sort of seven to ten days. I was wondering if you could just give us a quick insight into a recent tweet by Elon Musk. Uh, he's been on the sort of he's been grinding an axe with the uh, renewables side of the crypto mining uh, element to to the whole crypto sphere. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about a bit more about renewables in uh, in crypto mining. Yeah, so um, as people are probably aware, it's been a really, you know, volatile time in terms of the Bitcoin price over the last two or three weeks. Um, we were probably in the midst of a huge bull market rally since March last year. And pro- things were probably getting a little bit overheated. But then about three weeks ago, Elon Musk um, tweeted out that he had concerns about um, Bitcoin mining, which is the process of verifying transactions on the Bitcoin network. He was concerned that um, Bitcoin mining was a dirty industry. Um, and that sort of, you know, I don't know if it was the trigger point for the sell-off, but it sort of started a, a sell-off in, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. And it was a pretty severe um, sell-off, you know, more than 50% falls in less than two or three weeks, which is insanely volatile. And, you know, if you've been in crypto as long as I have, you you sort of get used to it, but still when it happens, it's still, there's no ignoring the sort of the fear that comes in. Uh, to the equation sometimes. Um, so we had these big falls in Bitcoin price. That the, the energy debate was part of the narrative. There was some other narratives about regulation. But I think in general, it was basically just the fact that we'd had such a large run-up. Don't forget, Bitcoin's made about you know a 1,000% return over the last year. We'd had such a big run-up that um, any excuse for a fall was probably going to result in some correction. And crypto being crypto, the, the, the fall was pretty severe. Anyway... Last night, we had a bit of a bounce in, in Bitcoin and, and crypto in general. Um, and the bounce in price seemed to, you know, in part, it was probably some sort of re- relief rally um, and because things were just so oversold and the fear got so great that you're going to get some sort of bounce. But um, there was some news that um, Elon Musk had uh, tweeted that um, he saw, you know, a, a future for Bitcoin mining to, to be more... Um, reliant on renewable energy and specifically renewable energy in North America. And he'd met up with a bunch of North American uh, Bitcoin miners and they were going to have a a mining council meeting um, later this year to talk about ways to um, make Bitcoin mining greener. Now, that all sounds great and and, and that's fine. And and the, the Bitcoin price is probably bounced on the back of that. But in a way... To be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. Bitcoin mining is, is is one of these things where people always try to control or change Bitcoin, but at the end of the day, it's so decentralized and so global, it's very hard to do. Even, even simple technological changes that are going to um, be good for the system result usually in months, even years of debate within the Bitcoin community. Um, so whatever these North American Bitcoin miners are going to do, whether it's just a simple case of window dressing and trying to paint a better narrative for Bitcoin mining in the sense of its renewable credentials, or whether they're actually going to try and change something at the fundamental protocol level, we don't know yet. But um, as usual, in, in the Bitcoin community, when anyone tries to sort of take too much control, the community at large sort of pushes back a bit and, and keeps a close eye on them because 
the essence of Bitcoin is to have a decentralized monetary system free from interference from anyone. That includes governments, that includes cartels of miners trying to come together, and that includes everyone. So whatever they do propose to do, um, it won't be a you know it won't be a fait accompli. It won't be a done deal until the Bitcoin community agrees with it, uh, and that's a key thing to to understand about this. However, look, it's good for, it's good in terms of Bitcoin price for um, miners to be you know at least pushing back against the narrative that Bitcoin mining is, is a dirty industry. Bitcoin mining is no no dirtier than using your your uh, washing machine. You know, and I think washing machines in the world use up more energy than Bitcoin mining. <laughs> the, pe the people that push this narrative about Bitcoin being a dirty industry are people that don't see the point in Bitcoin in the first place. So by definition, if you don't see the point of it, then any uh, use of electricity is a waste of energy. But that's a false narrative. Bitcoin exists in a global energy market. If countries and, and governments want to make a greener electricity system, that's fine. The Bitcoin network will be part of that and it will become greener. But you can't um, pick and choose which uh, industries are deserving of electricity and which aren't, because that is, you know, that's a very dangerous path you're going down and that becomes a very ideological driven process. Well, I have two points to make about that, Ryan. Um, first of all, I think Satoshi had a fundamental understanding, pardon me, um, understanding. <laughs> yeah, uh, a fundamental understanding of uh, human nature and I think uh, the competitiveness that's sort of inherent in us. So that's my first main point about Bitcoin being a competitive venture. Second of all, my point is that in the long run, I think the world will move towards renewables whether we like it or not. And, and I think that is exactly what you're on about when you say it's just like a washing machine. If you want your washing machine to run off renewables, we'll get there in the end. So it, I, I completely agree that it's a false narrative. Um, now, speaking of competitive things, I was wondering if you saw the recent uh, sort of breaking news about Ray Dalio admitting he owns some Bitcoin, because this is the sort of quintessential Tradfire, traditional finance, old finance, whatever you want to call it. He's one of the head honchos of that uh, industry uh, via Bridgewater. And yeah. I was just wondering, what, what do you think about Ray Dalio admitting he owns a bit of Bitcoin? He revealed this in the last couple of days. I was hoping you could say a bit more about what this means for the monetary system, uh, that these traditional finance guys are slowly coming over to the, uh, the new world of finance or crypto and talk a bit about how this, uh, he sort of justifies this from a debt perspective. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was the news that just came out, you know, overnight as well. So there was, there was a bit, bit of a news dump last night that said that, that Ray Dalio had admitted he owns some Bitcoin. And look, Ray Dalio, as people will, will be aware, is a, you know, a big macro, big picture type investor. He's had quite a lot of success with it. Um, although... You know, I get wary of saying, oh, just because Ray Dalio was into Bitcoin, then that's a good thing. Because sometimes these macro level investors understand the economics, but maybe not the technology. So yeah, they're not necessarily as strong investors as you, you might think in terms of the knowledge. Um, but what I do like about, or what I think the reason is that Ray Dalio is invested in Bitcoin, um, it comes down to something he said, where, where he said um, he prefers Bitcoin to bonds. Now that is pretty interesting because um, Ray Dalio knows a lot about bonds. Bonds are debt instruments, so government debt, corporate debt, um, you know, and that is essentially what money is in, is in our um, in our current 
system of money. Money is essentially debt. And for Ray Dalio to say he, he likes Bitcoin better than bonds is a very interesting statement because the way, um, the way I think he's seeing Bitcoin in this respect is it's a hedge against the, the risk of um, fiat currency default. So to give you an example, in America, their debt load is about um, 400% their, their, their economic growth, their GDP, annual GDP. So if you do the maths of that, you basically need economic growth to be about 12% a year to keep up just with the rising debt. Um, and we're talking about, you know, government debt, unfunded liabilities, things like that. But 12% economic growth is ridiculously high. You know, that's insane. If, if, if a country gets 6% growth a year, that's, that's very, very good. So for America, the biggest con- country in the world, you know, the, the holder of the reserve currency asset, the US dollar, for them to need 12% economic growth a year just to keep the debt level even with economic growth is not going to happen. So what I think Ray Dalio is seeing as he, as he looks over the horizon and looks into the future is he is seeing a severe chance of um, sovereign def- sovereign currency default in the bond market. So there has to be some sort of reset in debt markets um, because America, which is you know the biggest player in the world, is has got an unsustainable debt load. So what I think he's saying by taking a position in Bitcoin, and who knows how big this position is, but even if it was a you know a five percent part of his portfolio, or whatever, I think he's seeing it as a hedge, as a as an insurance policy against the the chance of fiat currency uh, collapse or or some sort of bond market sovereign um, credit uh, default, um, and that's pretty interesting because that sounds like a bit of an outlandish idea, but it's something me and uh, our colleague Greg Canavan have speaking about for the last you know few months about mm. how the current monetary system is currently in a state of of, of decline and and we've crossed the Rubicon we can't change that. So the question becomes, what, what are we going to move into then? If, if debt loads are, are unsustainable, if, if, if money is, is getting debased by money printing, and, and that's not going to change, and I don't think we can change it now without you know, completely collapsing the economy, then money itself is going to have to change. Uh, and I think, I think that's the interesting takeaway from Ray Dalio's um, investment, the fact that he sees some value in having an asset outside the current monetary system. Uh, as part of his portfolio. And, and that's pretty much the way I think I've always pitched Bitcoin to investors is this is not something that you sell your house uh, and then go all in on. It's something that you add to your portfolio as a, as a hedge in some respects, as a as an asset that, um, as a long-term asset that stands outside the current system. So if there is some sort of systemic default, you have an asset that sits outside of that. And, you know, to Western countries, sometimes that can seem like, you know, a far-fetched proposition. But if you speak to, I've got subscribers in Latin America, for example, if you speak to the people in Venezuela or Argentina this year, or Turkey or Greece during the GFC or Cyprus, you'll see that, you know, these things, these black swan events do can and do happen. And when they do, that's when you need the insurance policy. Well, on that, I'd just say, uh, I noticed recently Argentina had a CPI increase of about 40% or so. So um, it's hard to imagine that CPI increase playing out in the U.S. despite the immense money printing we've seen. But that debt question is particularly interesting, Ryan, um, because I think the risk of default on that debt uh, sort of increases the more money you, you print into the system. And I guess my final question for you today is 
there have been murmurs emerging from uh, the Fed that they're looking at a digital dollar initiative. And I was just going to ask you, do you think the debt default comes <coughs> before the central bank di back digital currency launch or does it come after? And, uh, and what do you read into the, the recent murmurs about a, a US digital dollar? So, yeah, we've seen a lot of these ideas coming from countries like the digital yuan in China and all the digital dollar. And I think what I take away from that is that's an admission that these these um, central bankers understand that the current system is in trouble. And what what do you do when the system that you've had a huge hand in creating is failing? Well, you start looking for lifeboats, don't you? And these people are trying to create lifeboats, but they're trying to create lifeboats that they control. And so a digital dollar for them or a digital yuan is trying to take the advantages of blockchain technology, but giving, uh, you know, stuff like, you know, ease of distributing money to the economy if and where it's needed, um, programmable money, all that kind of stuff, and, you know, the, the cost benefits in doing that. But the insidious way that they're trying to try and create a, a new money is, is to still give themselves ultimate control of it. And I think that's the dangerous path. So I, I see digital digital currencies, central bank digital currencies as a, as a threat. And I see cryptocurrencies, which I call free market money as, as a solution. I, I don't think we should be giving central bankers who, are, who essentially are the ones partially responsible for the, the massive dislocation we have between financial markets and the real economy. I don't think we should be giving them any more power. I think we should be giving power back to people and we should be making monetary system as independent from human uh, you know, the corruption of, of human power as possible. And that's where Bitcoin comes in. Bitcoin is a fixed monetary system that everyone knows and understands. It's a level playing field, whether you, whether you, you like it or don't, it's a level playing field of money. And so that is how the free market is supposed to work. You meant to have a level playing field and then you let people who actually create value, not, not create money, create value in the economy to benefit and, and attract more money. And you do that by providing you know, your labor, your, your enterprise, your initiative, or whatever else you can to add value to society. The problem we've got with the current system is that the people that are um, taking money are, are, are creating no value. They're just printing out money and doling it out to people who are closest to the money pit. That's, yeah. a, that's a terrible money system. Pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it is. You know, if, you, if, if the Fed can, I think Michael Saylor said this recently, one of a huge sort of corporate Bitcoin advocate, he said basically... If, if any individual organization has the ability to print money at will, they've got the ability to steal human time off individuals, basically steal the product of energy and time from individuals. And that's a dangerous power to give any human. Well, Ryan, time is money, and I'm sure you're very busy. Time so is Bitcoin. I think I might leave it there. I think there's one final thought I want to share with you is that... Um, Imagine if you weren't in one of the favorite industries, you didn't have the fancy lobbyists in a digital dollar scenario. Well, you'd very quickly start moving towards cryptocurrency, I believe, in that sort of competitive environment where you've got different monetary um, forces at play. So that's my final thought. Thank you so much for being with me today, Ryan. And I, I'm sure you're incredibly busy and have a heap of things to do, so I'll, I'll leave you there. All right. Cheers, Lucky. See you, Ryan. Well, that was a great chat I just had with Ryan Dins. He's very good at distilling complex topics like Bitcoin and movements in currency into more easy to understand nuggets of information. I really enjoyed that chat and I would actually like to hear from you. So if you've got any questions, 
anything you'd like me to discuss, be sure to get in contact and subscribe, and we'll talk to you soon.